Hello and welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing UKSG, a podcast exploring journeys in scholarly communications. In each episode, we hear from someone inspiring from the knowledge community and ask them to tell us about their career journey and what has motivated them along the way. Welcome to this UKSG podcast. My name is Tom Morley and today we're joined by Tony Zanders. Tony is the CEO and founder of SkillsType, a software company developing tools for librarians and their teams to analyse, develop and share expertise. Thank you very much for joining us today, Tony. Thanks for having me, Tom. Um, so just to get us going, can you please tell us a bit more about your career journey so far? Sure. I've been working in the library industry uh, since 2009 when I joined Ex Libris. Uh, which is a global software company. Um, and as a vendor uh, working with libraries, I didn't realize how much work um, and was happening with research and with scholarly communications and with and with technology to serve students um, behind the scenes. I had only ever known libraries as a patron, um, either checking out books or, or, or sort of asking for help on a research assignment. Um, but this whole industry behind all of the sort of seamless use students and researchers uh, get access to became really fascinating to me. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with libraries around the world. Um, in 2014, uh, I joined EBSCO, uh, which is another global software company and creating research databases uh, for libraries around the world and continued um, growing kind of in my career and my understanding of uh, how libraries work, what types of challenges they were facing, uh, this time more so working on the uh, discovery side uh, with metadata and uh, how we describe our resources within the library. Uh, and in 2018, uh, another four years later, um, got the idea from uh, working with um, my customers to learn about what was a challenge they were facing that they weren't getting the support uh, that they needed from their university or from vendors. Um, and that top challenge that they described to me was not managing the collection, uh, but managing the organization of, of the library itself. So the, the people. Um, and, you know, you hear this all the time that people are our greatest asset, um, but it's really challenging um, when you're trying to create uh, an organization and a, a team of people to meet the needs of patrons um, in uh, uh, the digital age, uh, when the way you've been sort of growing your skills as an organization has been to support um, an, a physical library with a physical collection. Um, and so I grew really interested in this uh, problem uh, because my first job out of college was as a human resources consultant. Um, in Menlo Park, California. And uh, so this was sort of a full circle moment for me in 2018. Um, and uh, the past five years have been uh, uh, quite the exhilarating ride uh, building skill type. And can you tell me a bit more about your current role and what you get up to in an average week? Oh, sure. So um, I explain uh, the CEO role uh, as the chief everything officer. Um, <laughs> It's uh, a, a role as the founder of a company um, where, um, especially in the early days, nothing gets done unless you do it. Uh, and you yeah. sort of have to go from what we call zero to one or, or building something from nothing. Uh, and so 
the average week is um, very diverse and varied. Um, but my two main jobs are just ensuring that um, we always have money in our bank account um, and that we always have the right people on the bus uh, or on the team. And so my, my top two roles is sort of um, as a fundraiser and um, to make sure that um, we, we always have enough money to, to pay our team salaries. And um, that means that I have to work with libraries. I have to understand their needs and I have to um, make sure that the people that are um, we're serving, which are library managers, library workers, that they find value in our product. Um, I have to take the feedback that they give us on the software platform and I have to communicate that back to um, our product team and our engineers. Uh, and so it's a very uh, people facing role. Uh, I'm working with um, people four days a week. Um, I keep Mondays sort of to myself um, to do some deep work and, and sort of work that requires me uh, to reflect and think more longer term. Uh, but the rest of the four days, um, I'm working with our customers, prospective customers, which are libraries um, around the world. And then on Fridays, uh, I save Fridays just for my team. Uh, so we have all of our one-on-one -on -one meetings. I see how things are going. Um, I try to help out where I can. Um, and as our company continues to grow, um, the week starts to change uh, quite a bit. But as of today, um, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I work more with, um, attorneys and accountants more than I expected. And, um, but my favorite part of my job is when I get to visit libraries and, um, learn about all the new things that they're up to and how we can help them develop the skills to accomplish these new initiatives in the library. That's that's really interesting. Um, you, you've touched on this next question um, in a bit in your previous answer, but can you tell us a bit more about what excites you the most about the work that you do? Yeah, I think what excites me the most uh, is how much the library is changing today. Um, everyone's talking about artificial intelligence right now and AI, but even before ChatGPT came into the picture, um, libraries were this very dynamic organization um, that is impacting um, literally the world. Um, all of our thought leaders that are impacting our economy or, or, or politics or business or um, medicine and healthcare, um, all of them have their start at the university campus uh, in the library. And um, to get behind the scenes to make sure that the staff and the workers there have the skills they need to help people change the world, that's the most exciting thing. Um, and so it's a we I look at my job as playing a, a very small part um, in preparing this workforce for the future um, because in the year 2030, um, the job of the librarian and the library worker will look a lot different than it looks today. Um, and so we look at just the ability to, to, to help and, um, again, to see these new types of services. You know, our customers are 
um, building maker spaces. There's virtual reality um, labs that our customers are building so that um, students and researchers can interact with their collections in new ways. Um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, there was so much work going into um, data visualization. Um, and a lot of that was happening inside of the library at, at, for example, Johns Hopkins University here in the US in Baltimore. Um, and so there's always something new happening. And I think that's the most exciting part of, of being able to um, be a service provider to libraries. And uh, kind of looking back at your career journey, um, how have you found the transition to more senior roles? And you touched a little bit um, in, in your previous answers about this, but have there been any challenges that you faced that have perhaps surprised you about moving into more senior roles? Uh, uh, where, where do I begin? Um, yes, the, I'd say the transition, um, I described the transition to a, a more senior role uh, in two ways. Um, the, the first is um, you are less focused, the higher up you get, um, you're less focused on the initial job you had or the work you did um, when you began in that profession. And the higher up you go, you're, you're essentially just managing people. Um, and, and, you know, you're, uh, and even today, you know, I was a, a designer and uh, like a product designer by, by trade. And I would build um, user interfaces and user experiences uh, using tools like Figma, um, you know, Adobe Photoshop and, and Adobe Illustrator back in the day. Uh, and that still today is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but the higher up that I get in my job, I'm not able to work on our user interface anymore. I have to uh, manage people who are working on the user interface. And um, so I think the first way that I would describe the transition is that you're, you're, it's less about the, the work that you first fell in love with or were passionate about. And the higher up you go, you're, you're just managing people more and more. Um, the second way I would describe that transition um, is for the most part, uh, it's, it's pretty thankless. <laughs> it's uh it, it's and it's pretty um unceremonious um no one's going to you know um show up at your office with the the balloons and the the celebration saying Con you finally have made it to you know senior manager uh and and today's the day where you've graduated uh your professional responsibilities and so we're going to take photos and commemorate this day. Uh, it doesn't happen. <laughs> In fact, you're you're rewarded with um, more complex problems. Uh, and um, however, uh, despite it being unceremonious, it's it's extremely rewarding. Um, you do get to see the impact of your work. You get to see um, your ability to uh, to to affect change. Uh, and make a difference. Um, you feel less like a, a cog in the wheel and more like, um, you know, someone that's able to uh, turn the wheel um, yourself. So um, I don't think that senior roles are for everyone, uh, but there are people who aspire to leadership that find um, find reward through the, the impact you're able to have. 
That's really interesting. Um, can you tell us a bit about what qualities do you think have been important in, in making that transition and your career journey as a whole? Yes, um, I think you have to be a self-starter. Um, I think it, it helps if you have, uh, um, in my case, I had um, uh, siblings um, and you, I grew up with uh, having to negotiate I'm having to, um, uh, you know, navigate arguments uh, and, and and sort of, you know, come to agreements on a, on a regular basis. Um, it, I think it also helps to um, come from a background, uh, and there are many backgrounds that I think facilitate this, um, where um, you're comfortable dealing with ambiguity. Uh, you know what what's going to take place the next day or even the next hour or next week, there's some degree of uncertainty. And that's pretty normal uh, for being in leadership, especially today in the 21st century. Um, and so I think being able to be comfortable with the ambiguity, um, being comfortable navigating um, conflict and, and complex challenges, and sort of being excited about, about doing it uh, those traits uh, certainly help. I mentioned being a self-starter. Um, in my case, as the CEO, no one is telling me what I need to do. I don't report into anyone except for a, a, a board. Uh, and the board is is pretty hands-off um, in terms of the day-to-day -day operations of our company. And so on, on Monday morning, you sort of have to, you know, structure your own day. Um, you have to create your own goals, and uh, that could be intimidating uh, for for some. Um, and so I think uh, being an individual contributor and being able to to sort of self organize and self manage uh, those traits uh, would help out a, a long way as well. And what role has professional development played in your career? Uh, it's been pretty core. Um, many of the skills that I'm using today uh, came from um, professional development. Uh, some folks refer to it as continuing education. Um, I've been a lifelong learner ever since I finished uh, my bachelor's degree. Um, many of the skills that I'm using today, I didn't learn uh, at university. Um, I learned them kind of um, on the job, um, just having a, a degree of curiosity around new technology, new new products, um, new ways of work. Um, I mentioned a few tools that I taught myself how to use early in my career, like Adobe, the Adobe Creative Suite, um, that allowed me to start building some, some user interfaces and uh, getting into you know, product design and, and, and graphic design. Uh, and that was through professional development. Um, if our videos were on right now, I could show you the books on my bookshelf that I read to learn how to use those products. Uh, and, you know, I think attending conferences, um, workshops, um, one of the really fortunate parts of working for Ex Libris and, and EBSCO and the roles that I had was the ability to attend library conferences. Uh, in fact, I have to uh, give a shout out to UKSG uh, yeah. because one of my first times traveling abroad for work um, was attending UKSG back when it was in um, it was in Bournemouth, and I think that might have been 
2014 or 20 maybe maybe it was 2014 you would have to fact check that tom um but going to events like that and 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 meeting other colleagues and learning about their jobs and their work i can't put a price on how valuable that was to me learning about the library industry so um, i'm a huge advocate for professional development and at skill type we want to provide those types of resources and opportunities to all library workers, even if they don't have the ability to travel. Um, our goal is to deliver them in sort of a one-stop shop uh, wherever they are. Um, and so that's one of the aspects that I'm excited about um, with the skill type platform. And then a final question from me, but what advice would you have for colleagues in the early stages of their career? I would, take everything in. Um, you know, you're, you're a part of meetings and conversations through your work that may seem mundane. Uh, they may seem irrelevant at the moment. Um, but take everything in uh, when you're early in your career. The more information you have, even if you don't know the applicability of that information right now, um, you never know when you're going to need it. Um, there's, um, I'm in my 16th year of my career. Uh, and just two weeks ago, I remember I was in a meeting uh, with the library um, talking about a particular challenge they were facing. And I immediately knew what they were talking about um, because about eight years prior, I was in another meeting <laughs> where a similar issue came up. It wasn't relevant to my job back then. And, and I could have, you know, dozed off or not paid attention, uh, you know, made some doodles on a notepad during that meeting eight years ago. But I remembered what they were referring to. And fast forward to 2023, I was able to engage in that conversation and add value to that, that, that library. Um, because I was paying attention back then. And so I think that that's one piece of advice for anyone early stages, just to soak everything in, learn as much as you can, uh, ask questions, uh, be uh, an eager, enthusiastic learner, um, because you never know where that knowledge, where that information uh, will, will help you uh, later on throughout your career. Thank you very much for speaking with us today, Tony. You're welcome, Tom. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great one. UKSG exists to connect the sector and encourage the exchange of ideas. It brings together the information community of librarians, publishers, intermediaries and technology vendors. If you know someone whose career journey would make for an interesting episode, please get in touch with UKSG via Twitter. Please like and share our podcast to help us support those in our community who are just starting their journey and subscribe to the channel to keep up with future episodes.